Welcome back to Bold of You to Say, the showcase of the hottest takes on pop culture. Jared wasn't available this week, but I did get to sit down with our unofficial gaming correspondent Jake and a new guest, our friend Cam. We went on for a bit about Nintendo's approach to local multiplayer, Airsoft is a gateway into the gun debate, American attitudes towards buzzwords like socialism, political ads, and underrated Disney movies. As always, there are timestamps on in the description so you can skip ahead to whatever topic you'd like. Our social media will be linked in the description, so if you disagree with anything we said in today's show, you can yell at us there. If you're listening on YouTube, you can leave a comment telling us what we're wrong about, or you can suggest a topic for next week's episode. Now, without further ado, let's get on to the show. I feel like Nintendo is like the last like big, big name company uh, besides indie developers to continuously put out games that has local multiplayer. Yeah, it really seems like local multiplayer is... uh... It's been slowly dying. Which is really unfortunate because in my opinion, it's I think I think it's a lot more fun to actually sit down with your friends like right next to them and play games right next to them over and, you know, instead of doing it all online. That's why people still do land parties nowadays, even though they have all this Internet stuff, they still, you know, go to one big meetup and they still, you know, play play games together locally with each other because it's it's just fun yeah it seems like um especially on pc the uh, the idea of couch co-op is only still alive in certain games like the only games that i can think of that still have any kind of couch co-op are like i guess the lego games if <laughs> anyone plays those i mean i do but i realize that a lot of people mo- most people do not play them or like um, there's certain games that are spe- specifically designed for couch co-op like screen cheat but i mean even then that's a that's a specialty case right i mean rivals of ether um has has local multiplayer and it's it's gotten even better now that there's workshop support because work workshop support on um online works but it also doesn't work yeah and it's it is also weird. one of the few games in which you can play as Obama. It is one of the few games that you can play as Obama <laughs> or Ronald Obamium, or Ronald McDonald or a literal bag of sand or yeah, or a literal bag of sand or Dwayne the Rock Johnson that um, automatically kills everybody in one hit. You know, you should be able to play as Dwayne the Rock Johnson in more games. <laughs> Get to it, Sega. Put Dwayne the Rock Johnson <laughs> in in the next Sonic game. Put Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the next Smash. <laughs> I'm sure people. I'm sure people have made me's of him. <laughs> you know, okay. You know, one game that I wish that had um local multiplayer or lane support is um Armello. I'm not sure. Have have I? Have I discussed Armello before with you, Alex? Um, definitely not on the show. I don't. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure you've told me about it. Um, it's it's one of those like 2D platformer games, right? One of those like no. le- retro looking ones. No, it's a um, it's like a it's like a uh, it's a top down like board game. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm thinking of something else then. Yeah. Um, but you you basically play like as as like four different characters, and your objective is to uh to kill the king to be the next king or queen in armello okay so so you'll do like all sorts of different quests and stuff like that 
in order to get like more points to uh to hopefully be um like the 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 last one the last one with the most points at the end or the one to actually kill the king all right yeah that seems that seems cool um if you if you're interested you can pick it up on steam right now because it is on sale for 30 percent off i think it is i think it's 14 dollars from what i remember nice let me check real quick just a small little corporate side show you know yeah it's 14 dollars. support support the devs they're pretty cool but yeah it's um i would say nintendo is probably one of the last few companies that does co-op right because like list list how many triple a or sorry yeah list list how many first party games on playstation 4 and xbox one that had split screen multiplayer exactly yeah <laughs> there's like yeah. you can't think of anything i mean besides like the call of duties or like let's um, just say or you know like nba or fifa or whatever crap well, yeah, it's like the uh, it's like the assumption is that everyone that buys this console will be the only one playing it and they will have um, a strong enough Internet connection. Right. Or or the or they'll be willing to pay services to play online. Yeah. Like how much is PlayStation Network? Um, it, it, it's, it's something absurdly expensive. How much is PSN PSN plus? PSN for a year, uh, sixty dollars a year. Okay, I guess so that's I, not too bad, but still, that's that's a whole game per year that you could be buying, but instead you're just paying for the privilege to well, to play online. Well, I do do get like two or three free games per month. Okay, uh, with that with that whole subscription thing, it was like it was like with Xbox how they did Xbox Live games with gold. Which I think I think Xbox is actually stepping away away from that because I think from what I remember, uh, I don't remember what article it was, but I think they're getting rid of the auto renew, twelve month, um, gold membership. Hmm. So they may be completely phasing that out, and they may just be going with like free online, but you know they're still gonna have the Game Pass, which they've been making a killing on Game Pass. Yeah, I definitely have been very skeptical about, you know, games as a service and like subscription um, subscriptions for games. But, you know, Game Pass has proven to be uh, a pretty good value. Well, I feel like I feel like Microsoft is doing it right rather than PlayStation um, because Sony had had PlayStation now where you could stream like PS2, PS3 ps4 games to either your pc or your ps4 why not just make it like a virtual console thing where you can just install older games why do you, why why would they make it so you have to stream the games yeah that that i don't understand and that that creates a lot of latency issues as well as just you know general it's it limits your audience of how many people can actually use that service yeah while, and and while, um they were they developed that and they released that uh long before some something like stadia or like geforce now because like now now they've kind of um perfected the process from what i've heard i haven't used it personally but it seems like they're perfecting it but i i'm sure back when um back when ps plus game streaming was you know more popular i'm sure it was nowhere near perfect 
Yeah, and back then, oh gosh, it was awful because I believe PlayStation, PlayStation Now, um, oh goodness, uh, or sorry, so not yeah, PlayStation Now, the whole streaming service. On top of having to pay to get into that streaming service, you would also have like a limited amount of time to rent the game. So you would, so you would pay like you you would pay like on top of the subscription fee. You would pay like, I think it'd be like I don't know, like ten dollars to have it for like a month, or something like that. It it was it was absurd. It was really really dumb. But I feel like Microsoft is doing it right with Game Pass, where it you know, you have the subscription, you can go through you can go through any of these games that are in Game Pass, download them straight to the console and play them. Yeah, and I also like that you get a discount if you want to actually purchase the game you get that yeah um on on game pass um let me look you get um you get a uh, a pretty decent discount on um most if not all games on, on on game pass yeah so like looking at gears 5 um it's um it's 40 dollars regularly 32 dollars with the discount Okay. Um, Bridge Constructor Portal ten dollars. March down to eight dollars. Um, Sunset okay, Overdrive so is uh nineteen ninety nine. Marked down to sixteen dollars. So that's kind of like a like a ten percent, twenty percent discount. Not a whole lot. Yeah, I mean not much, but at least it's something. It helps a little. And how much is Game Pass per month? Uh, they just raised it. I've actually been meaning to cancel my subscription because I don't use it that much. But I believe this month, actually, they are, um, they're Cost raising 10? the, yeah, they raised it from like $5 to $10, I think. Okay, so it's, so it's $10 per month or one twenty per year. So, and I, I know that they, I know that they do, um, they do deals or not deals. For for like like first time subscribers or whatever, you get like Game Pass for like a dollar or something like that. Yeah, I saw an ad for that. And then I think they had like Game Pass Ultimate or something. Yeah, I guess that has more games. Uh, I'd have to look it up. Okay, uh, Game Pass Ultimate. So that gives you Xbox Live. Um, oh, and the discounts. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Here, here it is. Here it is. So, so PC, um, because that's that's what I'm looking at mainly. Access to over 100 high quality PC games, new games added all the time. Xbox Game Studio titles released the same day. Member discounts and deals. Um, Ultimate is, um, okay. So Ultimate is for console, PC, and Android. So you get all of those. All right. Um, new games. Exclusive member discounts, free perks, including in-game content. Um, okay, play games on your Android mobile phone and tablet from the cloud. So, so you also get into the xCloud beta through the Game Pass Ultimate. And it also includes Xbox Live Gold, which is typically $10 a month. So basically for an extra $5, um, you get, um, you basically just get like the Netflix of games. I mean, I, I, I like how Xbox is doing it. I personally prefer 
the uh the the valve structure of online being free and you know you, you just buy games old school style right well i think pc has always been like that yeah because i i just prefer to to own um games that i play i'm just it's a little, because a little you're old also school deal- when it comes you're to also stuff like having that. to pay for your internet exactly so it's like now you've got a subscription service on top of a necessary service right yeah like if i i i've spent a fair bit of money on my steam library up to this point now if i had gone with like a subscription service like if let's just say steam switched over to a subscription model and i had been paying for it up to this point I I would have still sunk a lot of money into my Steam library, but if I had to stop paying for whatever reason, I can't play any of the any of the games that I have um gotten into. Right. I guess um I guess the exception to that would be like if they had like an audible kind of model where you pay a fee, you get certain number of games per month anywhere from one game per month to unlimited games per month and you got to keep those games that would be that would be pretty nice but still at the end of the day i want to i want to own my media yeah and that's i I think i covered this in in an earlier episode yeah it was either your last appearance or the appearance before that you talked about owning I think it was the appearance before that because I think that was when you were. I think that was. Yeah, when it was when we were recording we were at my house. There. Yeah. All right. So, um, shifting topics a little bit. Um, Cam, you actually had this one um, written down. Um, so you're into airsoft, and we were talking a little bit about that yesterday, and yeah. we got into a bit about how airsoft can be used to. Um, understand the the gun debate you want to you want to get into that yeah basically a lot of the weapons actually kind of very similarly function the way like an actual firearm would so besides the obvious you know using air or electric but i mean it seems like you kind of get gain this respect out of playing for a little bit handling like normal firearms you understand that yeah they could actually hurt someone but with like an airsoft weapon it's a little bit more relaxed because it's not going to really hurt someone but it could definitely leave a small mark yeah and so i feel like it's a greater way than actually purchasing like a full-blown real steel weapon to in a sense understand how firearms work how to care for one actually even and also just kind of further your knowledge on firearms in general without actually having to buy real steel weapons yeah yeah i definitely appreciate how it's kind of like um it's kind of like training wheels for for gun ownership in a way yeah because like uh with all of my airsoft weapons uh i keep them always stowed away where nobody else will really touch them and I also keep them unloaded, never full of gas or anything, and I treat them as if I were, they were an actual firearm. I never aim it at anyone, I never aim it at anyone jokingly, and I also always wear eye protection. Always, always eye protection with oh, yeah. airsoft weapons. I've seen and heard the horror stories of people having to get rushed to the hospital after playing with one of these weapons because they weren't wearing eye protection. Yeah, you definitely got to at the very least you gotta wear some safety glasses yeah usually when cleaning my weapons i usually just wear 
simple safety glasses. But when I'm actually out on the field, I wear a um, shatter resistant goggles. Usually that's what people are using. Some some people use like uh, a full face mask covering to keep safe. You got to wear a mask to keep safe just in general yeah. now. Everyone wear your mask, please. Please wear a mask. Please wear a mask. That's a good thing that you brought up, though, about how um, Airsoft can really teach you to respect um, firearms by removing the, the danger of it. Because, you know, if, if you're yeah. if you're if you go to a shooting range and you've never held a gun before, you're going to be terrified the whole time because it's like, oh, if I don't handle this correctly, I could, you know, at the very least shoot myself in the foot or seriously injure or kill myself or others. So you don't really get yeah. to appreciate why people like it. Um, but you know, with airsoft, you get to, you get to experience it in a relatively stress-free environment. Yeah. And also the community in general is like extremely open to like people who have questions who have never even fired a weapon in general. And so it kind of just takes away that like everyone's like an elitist, like, no, everyone's there to help everyone and further everyone with their knowledge. And a lot of people who actually do um, do airsoft do have real steel weapons and obviously treat them accordingly. Yeah, I figure airsoft is a good way to get some practice in without actually uh, shooting other people with a real gun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in reality, airsoft is literally just us playing dress up and shooting each other. <laughs> it's just uh it's larping as call of duty you you want to role play in my omni <laughs> nuzzles barrel uwu do it <laughs> pussy <laughs> do it do it motherfucker pull the trigger <laughs> do uwu it motherfucker but yeah yeah airsoft i i uh i never really noticed until you until you brought it up yesterday, it gets you into that, into the mindset of gun owners. And it makes you appreciate that guns are a hobby for many people. Yeah. And it also, um, you know, on the other side, um, there are a lot of things that airsoft, um, players, I don't know if that's the right word, airsoft players, that doesn't yeah. seem right. Yeah, I guess airsoft players generally agree that there are some things that shouldn't be allowed in the game. And then that also gets you into the mindset of like, you know, there are some restrictions that should be in place on this hobby. Yeah. So I feel like it really like, it really helps um, both sides of the gun debate get to like a, a middle ground in a sense. Yeah, because we actually have like restrictions on like exactly like how much uh, we rate our firing in joules with the impact of the BB, because we actually used to do FPS, which is feet per second. And around like the 350 ish FPS mark is where most CQB weapons place and 400 to 450 is where most DMRs and snipers will place. But we actually found out a phenomenon a little bit ago, something called jewel creep, which in airsoft, there's a little bit more technicality behind it, especially when you deal with heavier weight BBs. So if you chronograph a 0.2 gram BB at about 350 FPS, or say it's shooting a little bit hotter at like 360, 370, you might end up being classified to be 
you know, only able to fire upon people who are about 50 feet out. Otherwise, you have to switch to a different lower powered weapon. Right. And that makes total perfect sense. But the thing is, though, is that what people were ending up doing then is putting heavier weight BBs. And since it's a heavier weight, it'll fly slower. But the thing is, though, is that it has more potential energy behind it. And so this is exactly how jewel creep goes, because what it is, is you're firing at a lower FPS, but you've got more energy behind it. All right, let's get let's get Craig out of here. So he just uh, that that noise uh, viewers was Craig, our discord bot doing a little fucky wucky so we're gonna kick him out (laughs) he's being naughty i'm sorry cam you were saying that's fine but it's the idea that some people will usually you know want to shoot around like the 1 to 1.2 joule range for cqb and 1.5 ish to uh around there to be like dmr but usually when you're in a dmr category you usually just shoot for fps because you're just going to be that far out anyhow but if you're above like say like 1.3 joule you'll definitely be most likely classified as a dmr or sniper because like obviously like we have to watch our weapons in general because that's why we chronograph because Navrich is a person he runs a uh airsoft website obviously named Navrich, and he actually has a line of weapons that are a bunch of snipers and a couple handguns but people have been known with the especially with the ssg 24 and the ssg uh, 10 to mod these weapons to shoot at extremely high fps to which novrich himself actually replaced the spring in the ssg 10 which is a sniper of his and was getting it to shoot five joules we're talking about that that could go through I guess, like some soda cans, maybe most definitely crack some safety goggles. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's yeah. He tested that's maybe it on a little a, much. Yeah, yeah, he tested it on a can of black gas, which is a uh, propellant used for airsoft pistols and gas weapons, and it punctured straight through. Yeah, so I could yeah, see how bit, that maybe wouldn't be allowed on the uh, on the battlefield. Yeah. I forget exactly which type of spring he used for that, but it's a little absurd. And so that's why we also have like these regulations on them. It's just like, obviously, don't, you know, be shooting five freaking jewels with a 0.48 gram BB. For those of you who are curious on the subject further, it's a little bit easier to do the research on your own rather than having me explain it because I might miss out on some key details. Yeah, yeah, if you if you send me some resources on the subject, I'll have them linked in the description. Yeah. But yeah, so clearly um as you've outlined there are certain things that are just not okay to bring to the battlefield, you know. To play airsoft and to have a good time and to win, you don't need to be able to crack people's safety glasses. Yeah. And well, I feel I like want to. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I feel like once you get into that kind of mindset, you can apply that to other things like okay maybe we should ban bump stocks yeah because it's like the idea of like it's just excessive and maybe you maybe you don't need like a fucking bazooka to hunt yeah that and also it's like there's also some techniques even in airsoft that are sometimes outlawed at cqb fields because with uh some high kappa pistols which are basically kind of for anyone curious kind of like an m1911 ish 2011 design and uh there since the trigger is just basically just 
literally a hair's length away from being able to fire. Some people just spastically spam their the trigger with their finger. And as suggestive as it sounds, it's called finger banging. But some players master this to be able to get like 15 rounds per second off just by finger banging. And some CQB fields actually outlaw that kind of technique because it mimics full auto in which they have a lot of uh, regulations on using full auto if you have a rifle. No because full auto you... in the building! <laughs> but uh, full auto is usually for something 50 feet or back, even further. Just so that way, you know, you don't end up like full autoing some poor soul in the back because you burned your patch. Imagine being that poor, uh, that, that, that poor worker at the at the airsoft um field field that has to say over the loudspeaker please no finger banging during the game some refs are also really hesitant to call that out because they know exactly what it's called but the thing is is that there are children playing sometimes yes there are children in this i guess i would say it's a sport but that's why i actually would prefer oh yeah this. if cross country is a sport so is airsoft Okay, you can shut up. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Jake played cross country and uh, you ran. ran. not played. Oh, so uh, it's not a sport then. Because you play sports. <laughs> you don't run sports. My point has been made. <laughs> <laughs> he rests his case. He rests but, uh, his case. He tucks it in. Digressing back to the subject, though. That's why where it also comes into the idea of that there are children here. But I actually would prefer children get into airsoft than to say have, you know, their rootin' tootin' gun owning father or uncle or whatever take them to a firing range when they might not necessarily know exactly the repercussions of misusing a firearm would oh, be. Oh yeah. That is definitely irresponsible behavior in my book. Because at least with like an airsoft weapon, it'll hurt. But you can at least give like a stern wording to a, you know, a nine year old or a 10 year old for shooting you in the arm when they really weren't supposed to versus you're being rushed to the hospital. Yeah. Or even like a, like a full like BB gun or like a pellet gun. Like those are also options to regular firearms. But I mean, even even a BB gun will do a lot more damage than an airsoft gun. Yeah. Really, you think? Well, no. I think what he's meaning well, they is use um, metal, BBs. metal BB guns. Oh, right, 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 right. So I would classify that actually as a different category, just pellet guns. More yeah. so just like, yeah, like either that or like metal BBs. Yeah, like like pellet guns are used to um like to kill um like like rats and stuff. Like small vermin. Yeah. Like say like you have a squirrel problem or something. The verminator. I'm sorry. But for the most part, um, especially since the field that i go to is outdoors we use biodegradable plastic bbs yeah those are definitely a godsend in airsoft i i used to play quite a bit just like at my house with my friends and it it, it didn't take long for like the porch and like the yard to be like covered with bbs and at that point i didn't know that there were biodegradable ones so it was like it was a mess to clean up yeah but it's actually a rule at the airsoft field, also pertaining to regulations, that you do use uh, biodegradable BBs instead of like those weird like translucent green ones or red ones or whatever. Usually all biodegradable BBs are like a 
they look just perfectly white. But usually all fields that are outside will tell you to use biodegradables. I'm not exactly sure on the uh, regulations for CQB fields, which are usually indoors. So I would say check with your local uh, field to see exactly which BBs you would want to use. Because my guess is that they would most likely just sweep them up at the end of the day using like a vacuum or something. They probably reuse them too. Actually, that is another thing you shouldn't do. Because say it hits the wall and oh, that'll be deformed. Oh uh, yeah, it could have micro cracks in it, and then therefore, when you fire it again, it could fire and jam your weapon. Mm. Yeah, I, because it might okay. shatter. I have done that many times. I, I've reused uh, BBs a lot. Luckily, I haven't um, like broken my gun because of it or anything. Yeah, because don't ever reuse BBs that you fired because they could just, in general, just from firing alone, they might produce like micro cracks or something. And if you fire them again and they do end up cracking in higher, uh, higher priced weaponry, it could destroy, say, like your bucking. It could destroy your hop up. It could get stuck inside your inner barrel. And then that's just an utter mess. And then you're out like 40 bucks because you got to get a new bucking. Yeah, so... If you do have a lot of spare used BBs, um, just don't, don't reuse them, but also don't throw them out. They can be recycled into Dippin' Dots. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to load my SSP one with Dippin' Dots. Oh, my God, <laughs> please. That's how you get me into Airsoft. Load it with Dippin' Dots. But uh, that's also like why um, people also say, like, what weight BB are you using? Because uh, if you're shooting at a high FPS, or in a sense more so high joule output, you're going to want a heavier weight BB because you're using a lot of force behind that. So if you just put like 0.12s in it, you're going to shatter the damn thing, and it's just going to jam your gun. So like, usually a lot of people end up settling around the 0.28 gram mark or 0.32 gram. But for snipers, sometimes people like to go even heavier with 0.36s, 0.4s, and even 0.48s. And so compared to like a regular, like say, air quotes, stock 0.2 gram BB, those things are heavy and they carry a lot of force behind them. Yeah, so like in conclusion, um, there's a lot of things that both sides of the gun debate can learn from about airsoft. Like if you're anti-gun... Um, Getting into airsoft can help you understand the mindset of like a, a gun collector, uh, uh, someone who's just into into shooting. An enthusiast. Yeah, an enthusiast, basically. And if you're completely pro-gun, anti any kind of regulations, airsoft can help you understand like, you know, yeah, there's certain things that just shouldn't be allowed on on something so dangerous. Um and also, you should use recyclable bullets, biodegradable bullets. Yeah. Well, usually, though, um, say, like, with real steel firearms, with, like, shells and such, those are made of brass. And so usually those are recycled. And so you just pick those up after you're done firing. And I believe that some places even will just take them for you for, like, a small uh, lump of change. Wow. I'm going to be real. I was kind of kidding about the biodegradable bullets thing, but I... Yeah, I did not know that you could actually recycle bullets. Well, it's not the bullets, but it's like the, the casings, shells. I mean. 
Yes, the casings that are fired. I know after. very little about guns, so I will I will never use 100% correct terminology. But yeah, being as a person who's fired both real steel and just airsoft weapons, it definitely gives you a smaller perspective while limited into the idea of how gun ownership should be taken. Moving on, keeping with the sort of, um, I guess, semi-political theme. So you uh, had something that you wanted to say about uh, socialism in the show notes. This is where it gets even bigger controversy. Because the full topic is Americans should stop fearing socialistic ideas. Which I, I fully agree with. But uh, yeah, make your case to the to the listeners. In a sense, basically, we have a failed system. We basically just need to start adopting a lot more socialist rhetoric ideas, as in like the Scandinavians. So like things like Medicare for all, uh, a better minimum wage and all of that. But Cameron, that sounds like socialism. And that from what I what what i what i all i've heard about socialism is that it's bad and evil and that's exactly all people have they they don't really give a policy substance behind is to exactly get why your government hands would, off my medicare but basically it's like we've done the research especially with say for the subject of medicare for all we've done the research it will save an upwards of, at the minimum, $3 trillion. Yeah, that's in line with what I've heard. So it's, yeah, it's not the idea, though, of how will we afford something like this. It's the idea of how can we not afford to do something like this? As if the current system will cost more than implementing a different system that will benefit all of the people, get rid of that for-profit mafia middleman, that most people have and overall benefit the better of society here. How about I put it like this? People don't really say they like their insurance. They like their doctors. They like their nurses. They like the people that they're seeing. Do you by chance watch Kyle Kalinske? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Cause this, this is all stuff that I, that I also talk about from secular talk. Yeah. Yeah, I he his show definitely uh deserves a lot more attention. Um him and all the other progressive news outlets get fucked over by the the YouTube algorithm and yeah, anyone listening that hasn't watched or uh, listened to Kyle Kalinsky or Jimmy Dore, um David Dole and any of the others, I will I'll have um I'll have their YouTube channels linked in the description. Um Keep in mind, it is news commentary, so it's not like NPR, like, um, this is what happened today, and we will give no opinions on it. They do insert their opinions a lot, but they're definitely more educated than something like an Alex Jones. Yeah. <laughs> or, dare I say also, it's just, just a small fire will be shot, but uh, Ben Shapiro? Oh, we here at this show hate Ben Shapiro with a burning passion. <laughs> wet ass p word wet ass p word now let's just say hypothetically i put my minecraft bed next to yours i'm <laughs> 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 uh -huh, just kidding unless jk unless <laughs> aoc debate me and let me lick your feet 
<laughs> what? I didn't mean that. Why? Oh, that's cursed. Hypothetically, but, uh, I didn't mean that. Yeah, definitely. I have a person who really supports uh, secular talk. Yeah, that is the official YouTube of Kyle Kalinsky. So he will be linking them in the description. But they are a left-wing media outlet solely uh, built by him and a couple of other people. And he kind of has his own little uh, commentary on things on definitely more policy substance oriented rather than you're not going to hear like, oh, well, Trump went on another Twitter rampage or Trump did this. I, for one, think that the orange man is quite bad. bad because you're actually going to get like actual policy substance, the things that he's researched himself along with that. And yeah. also, he and you're not getting any kind of corporate spin on anything. Like he he doesn't yeah. answer to like a Jeff Bezos. He he doesn't have any parent companies that have to worry about their bottom line. He doesn't give major word salads like guy was it Beto O'Rourke? Beto O'Rourke and Pete Buttigieg. Um, they they are the masters at talking for a long time and saying nothing filibustering yeah they they filibuster every conversation they're in i personally believe in decency the american dream and decorum and i believe that uh putting democracy in jeopardy is very dangerous and bad and i uh the the american family and democracy might i add did I mention democracy? The spirit of democracy is the lifeblood of this great nation. That that's the kind of stuff Pete Buttigieg tweets out. Like he he literally he literally word for word tweeted something along the lines of the spirit of democracy is the lifeblood of this country. I I'll I'll look it up. But yeah. Anyway, um, back to the whole like socialism thing, like. Yeah, people fear the word more than they know about the concepts. Because, like, unless unless you're, like, a hardcore anarcho-libertarian capitalist, you, chances are, you appreciate having a, uh, a publicly funded education system, a publicly funded um, police department, Fire department, police department is under some investigation, uh, pending further review. We will, uh, we'll get back to you on whether or not that, uh, should be at all. But yeah, like yeah. we have so many publicly funded things that just don't, th- people don't talk about because you know, w- what is there to say about public roads? They're a, they're a public good. Of course we need them. You don't want to pay a toll every time you turn down a different street. Yeah. But if we had private roads and someone suggested, you know, maybe the public should own roads and, you know, the upkeep should be paid for with tax dollars. Chances are you'd be attacked as a a radical leftist leftist socialist. But then again, if you actually wanted to follow the idea of capitalism, I should start up a business and, you know, on every street corner, you just have to pay me, you know. 50 cents just to take a a left turn. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's, that's private enterprise. You know, that that's the, the lifeblood of this country. Now, obviously though, that is a little bit of an extreme, uh, example on the subject, but 
that's also where I can also stem into the idea of like something that actually was pr- uh, pretty much in jeopardy of becoming something like that with the idea of Title II regulations that was slashed by Ajit Pai. Oh, that that scumbag. That name just like that old so and so. It gives me like Vietnam flashbacks. But I, I can't get that picture of slash. him out of my head. The one where he's dressed as Santa and he has the fidget spinner. I. Oh. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? I also like fidget spinners and having to pay for faster internet for specific websites. But yeah, exactly that kind of idea is just that without those Title II regulations, you can, in a sense, basically... In fact, we're already seeing it, actually. We already have that exact thing. Because Charter is now coming out with, at least people in my area, you can pay for 100 megabits, 200 megabits, 500 megabits. And in my my area, you can pay for 2 megabit, 3 megabit, or 4 megabit. Yeah, my friend actually laps uh, in three hundred megabit. Yeah, my friend actually has a a two hundred megabit plan. I'm kind of stuck with the air quotes default plan of a hundred megabits. Granted, that's that's all right internet. That's that's completely fine internet. That's amazing but internet. Compared it's to the idea of that people can get ahead by paying more. Yeah, and I I think the whole net neutrality issue isn't just about paying more for faster speeds. It's about um certain websites being able to um charge more for faster speeds or more specifically uh throttling certain sites that the ISP exactly. doesn't like so let's just say Comcast um doesn't like a certain independent media outlet they can throttle their speeds and you're you, you know you're you're given less incentive to go to that or or let's just say you have an ISP that's partnered with Netflix and they want to say, all right, Hulu, you get slower speeds. Now, on, on Hulu or any other streaming service, you can stream up to 480p. But Netflix, you can stream 1080p or, or 4K if you wanted to. Yeah, because it's like the idea of like, if that website never loads, the person will just end up clicking off eventually. But if you have also lower video quality, you're less inclined to go to website a versus website b which has full quality and this is where piracy comes in (laughs) i feel like america needs to focus on at least for internet they need to focus on getting fast internet in actual areas before they start you know actually charging people for specific services for internet because i i I think a, a big majority of benzie county where we live at uh or where i live at hardly has good internet in general yeah. the u.s should treat the internet as now a almost necessary utility it it is pretty much just essential like nowadays. especially in the, the the new normal these uncertain times um internet access is an essential part of you know getting to work for some people yeah exactly like with my college class this semester it's completely online right now if i had terrible internet connection i probably wouldn't be able to even attend my classes yeah now benzie as a district did do certain things to sort of facilitate um online learning like um 
if you requested it, you could take home a Chromebook. And I think that they were giving out some, um, like either they were like portable hotspots or like tablets that had like 4G, um, which is definitely, that's a step in the right direction, but it's not enough. And I don't blame Benzie as a district for not going far enough. It, there just needs to be more investment in, in broadband for rural areas. Right. And for poorer um, families yeah. that have students, it needs to be, you, you need to be able to access um, subsidized internet plans. And I think I go farther with that than most people are willing to. So you, you have full permission to call me a dirty socialist. Well, I think I think you have a lot of say in that because you had terrible internet for pretty much your entire time when you were at Benzie. Yeah, yeah. The so best had, I ever got was like a meg a megabyte and a half download speeds. Very I high think, latency. I think that's better than mine, because um, mine is like seven hundred kilobit download speed, but I have relatively low latency. Because yours was satellite, right? Yours was Hughesnet. Yeah, it was HughesNet. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, your your seven hundred kilobit. That's actually close. That's actually closer to what I had day to day. It it got it, it actually got a lot lower than that too, though. It just depended on the day. Uh, yeah, it depended on the day. The it depended on if someone else was uh, streaming something. Yeah, you know, it, it basically tanks the the bandwidth if you have, you know, like one or two devices streaming something well that's how it is with me whenever i'm downloading something or especially like uploading or live streaming it's like literally impossible to use the internet yeah and now imagine you have that kind of connection but you're uh you're a student or you're a parent of a, a student um you know elementary middle school high school uh whatever whatever it may be and there's a pandemic going on and your kid has to get to class. Um, in-person school is either shut down or you don't feel it's safe to go in person. There is an option for, for joining a Zoom call for all the classes, but your connection just isn't good enough. OK, this OK, this I can kind of comment on. Um, so I have um, so I've been you know trying to do certifications in college and all the other kind of stuff. So one of the certifications that I need to take is my network. And they said, yeah, you can take your network. Uh, you can take your network exam online. I'm like, cool, perfect. And they're like, there's like this test. Uh, there's like this, you know, test example exam. And so I load it up and it's like download speed. Good. Microphone input. Good. Webcam. Good. Upload speed. Not good for Internet. You cannot take the exam. So I'm completely screwed. And I paid like a hundred dollars for this for this um for this um exam voucher at college yeah yeah and so I'm, I'm completely screwed out of that and so now you have to rely on um either sitting outside the in the school um parking lot using their wi-fi or going like to the library or something uh sitting out in the parking lot to use their wi-fi but even then, you have to depend on either being able to drive there, having a car to get there, or your parent driving you there. Um, or it being open. Yeah. Because everything, because, yeah, I can go to the testing center uh, in Traverse City and do my test there, but they're closed down. 
Yeah. I mean, you can still like sit outside of the library and use their, their Wi-Fi there, but you have to either have a car to get there or your parent has to be able to take you or I guess ride the bus there, but we're in a pandemic. Who wants to ride public transportation, especially if half the people, at least in Menzie County, don't want to wear a mask? Right. And another thing is with with a lot of these like proctored exams online, they're all, oh, yeah, we're going to monitor everything. You know, we, we want to monitor your webcam and, you know, everything that, and it, you know, we can't have any movement in the background. So if, if you're even if you're sitting outside taking a test, if the trees are going to move into if the trees are going to move in the background, it's going to um, it's going to cancel your test and give you a fail right there. So wait, no movement. Correct. Yeah, it's, it, it's like it's like no movement. You can't go outside of the oh, here, you know what? Let me pull it up because I sent it to one of my friends and I told them that this was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I got to find them now. Right, what happens if you have to like stretch? Uh, your SOL. Your, your SOL. So you have to sit perfectly still for the uh, for the entire exam. Pretty much. OK, here we go. OK, so so I took a I took a screenshot of it. So during the exam, the following will, will be restricted. Your browser will be in full screen mode during the exam, preventing you from opening any other programs. If you leave the exam, it'll end automatically. Any loss of network connectivity in the exam will end automatically. Please make sure your connection is stable during the entire exam. Just like have a good connection. Yeah, you know, just have a good condition uh, connection. Just live in a city and just have a good con- uh, connection. Uh, your clipboard will be disabled during the exam. Copy and paste functions will not work and your current clipboard will be emptied. Um, once your exam is submitted, you, the browser cache will be cleared. You will not be able to begin the exam until you disconnect additional screens or monitors. You will not be allowed to open new tabs or windows during the exam. You will now will not allowed to be you will not allowed to be able to print the exam. You will not be allowed to download or save any external files during the exam. Your following information will be collected during your exam. Your webcam your physical location, your clipboard, your mouse location, your browser size, your browser tabs and windows, your head movements, your eye movements, your mouth movements, your entire screen, any website that you visit, any other applications running, and number of, of display um, and, and number of displayed screen connected. The results of your actions may result in policy violations at this institution's uh, uh, d- uh, discretion. And that is why I hate proctored exams. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other can of worms that I. I it would give me why. a headache to dig into everything that's wrong with that. But yeah, definitely. I understand why they do it so that people don't cheat, but it's that's a little excessive. Yeah, you shouldn't be punished for not being able to afford fast Internet or living in an area where it's not available. Yeah, because actually, what are my friends? didn't even get internet until like last month because it's just stupid with the idea of he's literally on the border of two ISPs and they didn't want to touch him because it was controversy of where exactly he was. Yeah. Um, I had a, a similar issue at, at my, at my house in Benzie where like charters service ended like a mile down the road so we couldn't get charter and for a while like the only uh, 
the only uh, services we could get was like satellite stuff, like like Dishnet or HughesNet. Um, we were gonna try to get Eclipse, which is a, a local ISP in Benzie, um, but uh, we couldn't. Um, th- they didn't have enough room on one of their towers, and the other one we couldn't get enough uh, a, a strong enough signal on. So really, we had next to no options. Like even just trying, like I, uh, I was visiting um, last weekend, and we were trying to watch a movie that I PA'd for last year. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You, you were you were visiting last weekend? I was. Um, Dude, why didn't you tell me? Um, I was going to, but um, I mean, we were only visiting our families, so. Oh, okay. Um, it was just it was just a real quick. Thing. Yeah, okay. it was. We were there like. We got there very late Friday night, and then we uh, we were there Saturday, and then we left uh, Sunday early afternoon. Okay, never mind. That's understandable. Whatever. It's all good, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even trying to watch a movie on Amazon Prime with HughesNet's connection, we would watch like a minute of it, then it would buffer for a minute, then it, a minute of it would play, then it would buffer. It was, it, it took a lot of patience. It, it took probably two hours to get through this hour and 20 minute movie. And this is why you just make yourself Plex, uh, uh, a Plex server. Oh yeah, that's, I, I had to do that. Even movies that are like on Netflix or on Disney Plus or what have you. I If I had it on DVD, I had to rip it to my computer to be able to stream it. Like some services are are better than others, like um in, in terms of like the bandwidth that they take up. Like like YouTube and Netflix are pretty good on a low bandwidth connection. Hulu is a little bit worse, but it's still it's still usable. Um Disney Plus, uh probably a step down from Hulu. But yeah, definitely Amazon Prime is the worst for a low bandwidth connection. Well, I think they hardly put anything into that portion. Because not not a whole lot of people use Amazon Prime Video anyhow. Yeah, the, the, the entirety of the Amazon Prime Video budget just goes to the boys. Yeah, I was gonna say like there's hardly anything. Which and, like which by know, the way, they, talking to you guys and the listeners, watch the boys. It's so good. I've I've thought about it. Uh, Michael Reeves <laughs> made uh-huh, a baby go burr. Uh-huh, baby go burr. <laughs> And that's based off of uh, off of like a comic book series, right? Yeah. Um, you don't need to have any knowledge of the comic of the comics. The no, characters. no. I I went in I went in blind. Um, it, it, you can still follow the whole thing. Um, any reference any references to the comics are going to be subtle. So, um, yeah, you, you can go in completely blind and still be able to follow. Okay, poggers. But yeah, that's definitely, though, why I would say the Internet just needs to be regulated as like a public utility that is almost like a must like power and just made available to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that sounds like socialism. But yeah, you're you're definitely right that um, socialism needs to be a less taboo word. And, you know, luckily, um, luckily, Bernie Sanders uh put a lot of work into 
uh, making it more of a commonplace word. Yeah. But I, it's mainly the idea of that people, because of the rights tailoring to the idea of like, oh, it's just like, oh, you like socialism? Then then do you support Venezuela? Do you support, you know, oh, that kind of dictatorship? They always go to Venezuela. Like yeah, they always scream Venezuela or Cuba or whatever they want to do. And we just need to get rid of that because like that is not the way we want to run things. We're talking about a Scandinavian system that would benefit the will of the people. In a sense, the idea of like what Sweden has, Denmark. Name Finland. one country where socialism has worked. Sweden. Exactly. Name Sweden. two countries where socialism has worked. Denmark. <laughs> Name three countries where socialism has worked. The UK. <laughs> <laughs> And and when they don't do that, Japan they 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 call socialism communism. Yeah, either that or they, they pedal it backwards, like, oh, oh well, actually, you're, you're just being communist. Then it's just no, no. They move the goalposts. <laughs> yeah, it's like if they can't get you on the idea of you're a socialist, they'll try and label you as a cop. I've been labeled everything under the sun. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have a whole dialogue tree for um, political <laughs> discussions. Um, just, just, just a, like a predetermined dialogue tree for everything. Exactly. When they interact now, with people, what my like, are they a leftist? Call them a socialist. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's, it's calling it's, them a socialist it's, still it's, working. It's like a, no, it's, it's they're a communist. It's just a flowchart. Are they left of center right? Call them a liberal. Do they say I'm not a liberal? I'm a leftist. Call them a socialist. If they say, yeah, I'm a socialist, your point, call them a communist. If they say, I'm not a communist, bring up Venezuela. Now, my favorite thing, though, is seeing that dialogue tree break down. I saw a clip. Well, uh, I like seeing them break down, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this clip from Piers Morgan, um, his show that he has where he just is wrong about everything and he had a a young woman on um i don't know what the broader discussion was about but he was basically saying like oh well you don't like trump then uh what about what about obama and she was like yeah i don't like him either um and then she tried to like make a, a larger point and he was like well you're your hero obama and um she was literally like I am a communist, you moron. Because he, he called her like a, he, I think he called her like a liberal. She's like, I'm a communist, you absolute moron. And he, he literally, he just, even after that, he kept going back to like, well, you like Obama. Keeping with the, uh, the, the, the political theme, uh, closing out this political segment of the show. Uh, Cam, you had something to say about political ads. Oh, I got, I, I got some stuff to say to say about them too. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's pertaining to the idea of mail ads. I just think they are an utter waste of paper. Yeah, because usually by then, when they start sending out political mail ads, people have already decided exactly who they're going to vote for. Yeah, like we keep getting um, at our apartment, we keep getting ads. For like uh for 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 trump and ads for biden and 
we basically get equal amounts from both sides. And it's like, man, I, bro, I can yeah. only vote so many times. Yeah. And the thing is, is that each day they just keep coming more and more. And it's just by then it's just like, I get it. You're trying to advertise the campaigns of both, you know, political parties, whichever but you way. Sound desperate. Yeah. You know, I, I was desperate. I was undecided, but then I got mailed a piece of paper calling Joe Biden a radical leftist. So I really had no other choice. <laughs> The, like the answer was clear. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, I have, like, one uh, male, male ad that I will say was actually kind of good, and that was a, um, an ad against a uh, person who was running, I believe, for Congress, if I'm correct, against a person called John James. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gary Peters? Yes, I believe it is Gary Peters. Should be. But... It was basically kind of a, a small little thing exposing the idea that John James is bought by the big oil industry and big pharma industry and is not going to do any of your bidding. He is there for money and that's it. And he's a Republican, so you can basically assume that he's bought out. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure I saw in, um, I don't know, I, I don't remember where I saw it, where I saw it. I was, I was trying to decide. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll look at... You know, I'm pretty open to both sides. Let's see, you know, let's see what both candidates say. And and you know, I look at I look at John James, it's like, oh, I support Trump 120%. And I'm like, yep, not voting for you. Oh, I saw yeah. I saw an ad that was like, John James says that he supports Donald Trump 120%. And then it played like a bunch of clips of Trump just being Trump. And it was like do you support this 120%? And that was a pretty good ad. Yeah, he's uh, running for Senate. Yeah, I, I've i read up a little bit on John James, and yeah, definitely. What, what are you doing voting for him? Uh, hypothetical John James supporters in the audience. You're throwing your vote away. That's what you're doing. Now, I don't know a lot about Gary Peters. Um, I basically know that he's a Democrat and Republicans don't like him. Um, I Haley has told me, though, that like uh, he doesn't have particularly good policy positions. So I'd call this election a wash, honestly. It, it really is. It's like out of everybody in the goddamn world, how did we how did we get these two idiots? As bad as the Republicans are, how do the Democrats manage to only be slightly better sometimes? Yeah, it, it really doesn't help, though, that Michigan in general is just an overall flip state. They can do whatever they want, basically. Whatever Michigan is like, look at the 2018 election. That was the biggest mixed bag I had ever seen. Because some areas got Democrats uh, elected, some areas got Republicans uh, elected, and then we got our governor elected, to which she's received the biggest backlash because of the discourse in our state. Yeah, she was literally like almost kidnapped. That's how much some people hated her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Utter crap show. I... I, I'm gonna say I am not proud to be an American. What what an absolute shit show! Yeah, like, I'd 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 rather be in any other goddamn country than this country right now. Yeah, I will say like, I guess I'm proud to be 
from the same country as like I don't know Robert Downey Jr. He's cool, but like that's <laughs> the that's basically the extent of how proud I am to be an American. Politically, I would rather be anywhere else. Yeah, it's like yeah, we do have some nice things going in the U.S. I mean, it's like yeah, of course, like. I'm anything but poor, but we're definitely not the best off in my situation, especially since my dad is basically just kind of working right now at kind of not really the most well-paying job out there. Benefits, though. Benefits. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that once I am gone, his military benefits for me, he actually gets paid for me being a full-time college student, and some of those benefits are going to drop. Really? Yeah. So what is your take on like the GI Bill and, you know, like basically if you join the military, you get to go to college for free and, you know, like like healthcare and all that kind of stuff, because I have maybe a controversial opinion on it. I feel the reason why they do that. The only reason why they do that is just to get people who are down on their luck, who don't know what they want to do to join the military. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty that's pretty much my take on it. I think offering um like healthcare and education um as like a perk of joining the military. Um, that should just be standard in the oh, US. Yeah. It's it's right, a ploy to exploit the poor and get them to kill themselves for your oil. Yeah. But the thing is though is that I will for as a person, it with my dad being retired military, uh Navy to be exact, but either way, the healthcare is shit. Nobody takes our healthcare. Absolutely nobody takes our healthcare. It took us fucking forever just to find a dentist that would do my braces and my brothers. And in general, it took us like a year and a half just to figure out a doctor that would take our our um medical insurance because they just didn't take it. Really? Yeah, I've yeah. I've heard some negative things about uh, like the VA and like veterans benefits in general, but the benefits are not that good. Actually, they're really not. It's like you go overseas and what do you bring back? I mean, yeah, it's I mean, like you, you risk your life for air quotes, your country, and then you come back with all kinds of mental um, like damage, I guess, like, like PTSD and PTSD. stuff. And you can't even get treated for it with the benefits that were promised to you. And how fucked is that? Half assed. And if you have like a girlfriend or a boyfriend, they've most likely cheated on you on that during that time. Yeah. Away. This veteran who was serving overseas for uh, for two years finally got to come home to see his one year old daughter. Wait a second. Um. Oh. Okay. So yeah, we we were talking about political ads, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, YouTube needs to calm the hell down with its ads. Oh my God. Yeah. I cannot take it is constant. the, I cannot take it anymore. I keep getting an ad from the Trump campaign calling uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, the radical left. And I, I, I can only yell at my TV so much before my voice goes out. It's, it's gotten to the point where, like, I've actually considered buying YouTube Premium just so I don't have to listen to that shit anymore on my phone. Honestly, though, like, 
$10 and you don't have to listen to political ads for the rest of election season. Not a bad you know, deal. I, might, I think I might do that right about now. I'm personally, not personally, I've thought of getting a pie hole. Well, I can't use pie hole at work. Right, but pie hole I is mean, like though, ad block for your uh, home network, right? Entire network. Yeah. Yes. Basically connected to your router and it just filters any uh, advertising traffic out. Mm -hmm. Com combine that with with sponsor block on YouTube and you are like you're golden. You're set sponsor yeah. block. I've never oh, heard of that. Oh, you're going to love it. OK, so you know how LTT it's like almost like a one minute, two minute long sponsor video or like sponsor. Yeah, if we're not it counting like the, their, uh, the minutes worth of LTTstore.com sprinkled throughout all their videos. <laughs> OK, well, I. I I actually find that, that that's really just a funny. meme, though. Yeah, that, but it's um, like right at the very beginning of their video, where it's just like, and this and this uh, video is brought to you by Squarespace, or or, or, like, or like some other crap. Like I that. miss Tunnel Bear. And it goes into like a thirty-second digress into Squarespace. Yeah. yeah. Um. But what Sponsor Block does is it is it analyzes the video, um, as soon as it gets uploaded, and it will it'll pick all the segments that are actually the. Uh, there's multiple sex segments that you can set up. You can do sponsors, non-music video portions. So, like, if you so if you like, you want to listen to a music video, or, or or like a or like you know music or something, and you click on the music video, it's going to immediately skip to the music and skip all of the other crap. Huh. It'll it'll click or it it'll skip sponsors, self uh, self promotions. So how does it how does it do that? Um, it, it'll basically run through the whole video and it'll analyze and say, hey, right here is where is where it is where it starts and right here is where it ends. And then also users can also submit their own sponsor block times to be uploaded and then be and then be reviewed. Um, and then that'll be placed into sponsor blocks algorithms. So it automatically detects um, a, any portion of a video that is. Um, that's sponsored. So how do I'm still confused on how exactly it, um, it can tell. Well, I think, I think they look for, um, I think they look for like keywords like, and this video is sponsored by, and then, you know, yeah. In a sense of voice recognition to what exactly is being said right here. I'll, I'll share my screen real quick so I can show you. Uh, okay. Share my so here, so here, so here we have an LTT video, right? All right. Um, so right down here where, uh, where the screen bar is says sponsor. And then right here where it says intermission, that's like their, like, like that's their, that's their intro. And then unpaid self-promotion is the lttstore.com. Interaction reminder is like, you know, be sure to hit that subscribe, like, like comment, all that crap. And then the other sponsor. That reminds me, if you yeah. like today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> leave leave a comment on uh, uh leave a leave a review on Apple. Make on sure Apple. to leave your answers in the comments Reddit, below. I'll pick my favorites <laughs> on the next episode of Bold of You to Say. Like um, and retweet. But it'll uh but it'll also skip like end cards and credits. So let me see here. So I'll just like I'll skip ahead quite a bit. So it plays through the video and then it skips all of that and it just basically ends the video after that. Hmm, that's pretty cool. 
So yeah, get sponsor block. Totally. I I, I wish we I wish we were sponsored by sponsor block, but that <laughs> um <laughs> would that be like an oxymoron? I don't know. Let, yeah, let, let's let's get let's get sponsored by a uh, by a company or a piece of software that that blocks. Sponsors. This video is brought to you by AdBlock. <laughs> no, it, it would be even better if it uh, took all those sponsor segments and just replaced it with um, with sponsor block. It's <laughs> like um, just every every um, sponsor segment is. This video is brought to you by Sponsor Block. Now, I normally uh, prefer not to use AdBlock um, or anything like that. But if they made one that specifically targeted political ads, I would download it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, th I yeah, think they're just is. getting like way too out of hand. And I guess for, for me, in my opinion, is if you... um. If you keep on showing the same ads to me over and over and over again, it is a less chance that I'm going to vote for you because it's constant in my face. Yeah. It shows me that you're desperate, that you're needy, that nobody loves you, that your mom and dad got a divorce because of you. Um, <laughs> John James, your parents never loved you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm making a call out post on my Twitter.com. Shadow the Hedgehog. So you're a strong guy with a strong back with another ass crack with another guy inside. Strong objections to my personal choices. This so has been, this, has this has been an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jake, do you uh, want to do your uh, your thing about Disney movies? Oh, yeah. OK. Uh, OK. So in my opinion, some of the most underrated or best movies that uh, that Disney has put out was during the 2000 to 2010 era. So I, I got a, I got a little list list here of movies. So you got The Emperor's New Groove, Monsters Inc., Lilo and Stitch, Spirited Away. Well, really wasn't Disney, but was published by Disney. Uh, Treasure Planet, Finding Nemo, National Treasure, Chicken Little. Cars, Ratatouille, Underdog, Wally, -E, Bolt, and Up. I mean, now, I so this was from 2000 to 2010, right? Correct. Yes. And this is after uh, what's referred to as the Disney Renaissance. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely an underrated era. Um, being overshadowed by the Disney Renaissance, I, you, you definitely get the stuff. sense. Yeah, you definitely get the sense that like these aren't regarded as um as much of a classic as the Disney's as as much of the movies from the 90s were. Right. I think it'll it'll be a little bit for people. I I think Okay, well well people people definitely enjoyed them when they came out, but it was but it wasn't like, you know, oh my gosh, I need to buy like all of the I don't know, Snow White merchandise i need to buy all of the i don't know lion king merchandise it's it's not it's not like that um i think I, I think people liked the movies but they weren't like obsessed with the movies with i think some disney people are um but i feel i, I feel like over time i would say probably in a couple i'll, I'll probably say like four or five more years 
people are going to have massive nostalgia for this era. Cause I mean, for I, sure. I, to, be honest, to be honest, I already do, but you know, I'm kind of biased cause I grew up with these movies. Yeah. yeah. And cars is on this list of underrated classics from the two thousands. Well, now is well, it is well, it no, no, no. is it any it coincidence is it any coincidence that cars 2 widely regarded <laughs> as one of the worst disney movies came out in 2011 <laughs> they, they wanted they wanted to make sure that they, that they didn't mess up the timeline there's a clear there's a clear end to each disney era so the disney <laughs> renaissance clearly ended with tarzan which is generally regarded as uh one of the one one of the the worst move Disney movies from that era relatively speaking. I I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um I grew up with it. I I personally uh I I like it a lot, but I can I I do see the criticism. I I get where it's coming from and it's and it's all valid. But that was clearly the end of the Disney Renaissance. Cars 2 is is the 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 conclusion to the whatever you want to call the 2000s era and um well, I, I guess once again um so one of the movies that i listed on there treasure planet um super super underrated it failed horribly in the box offices because it was going up against movies like um what, what would i say it didn't was, you it was say it was going up against harry potter the first Harry Potter movie, as well as Santa Claus 2. Yeah, that that is some tough competition. Having it, it, having it, any movie going up against Harry Potter and Tim Allen, you're you're probably <laughs> not going to do well. It was and look, it hardly got any. Um, oh, goodness. It, it hardly got any like promotional stuff. Like there were hardly any advertisements for this movie. I think there was maybe like one or two. Um, uh, so so Treasure Planet is basically. Have you have you heard of uh, Treasure Island? That movie or novel? Uh yes, I have. We uh, read the book and watched the movie in the sixth grade in English class. Okay, so take Treasure Island, put it in space with. With pirate sold. ships that can, with that that spy, that pi, with pirate ships that can fly in space with a cyborg with a cyborg that can shoot lasers. Yeah, that sounds pretty badass. Yeah, watch the damn movie. If you have Disney Plus, watch it right now. Or or pirate it. I don't care. I don't care how you watch the movie. <laughs> Just. Watch For the it. record, bold of you to say, does not condone piracy. I don't condone piracy, but if you need to do it, <laughs> risk risk your uh, risk your ISP. If you don't um, have Disney Plus, get Disney Plus, and then once you're done watching The Mandalorian, go watch Treasure Planet. You have okay with Disney Plus. You have a one week free trial. You can go through all Mandalorian and Treasure Planet in one day if you have nothing else to do. If you have the courage, if you, oh, if you have courage, if you have the time, because how how long is typically every Mandalorian episode? Like twenty three minutes long. Uh, they're either half an hour or an hour. I don't quite remember. Um, hold on, let me look it up. Disney. Yeah, I was gonna say, let me log into Disney Plus real quick. Um. Oh, okay. I'm gonna send you a link of a YouTube video. 
I think it's called like Why Treasure Planet is Disney's worst movie or like worst selling movie or like worst performing movie or something like that. It's it's a relatively long video. It's like 40 minute long, but it goes into really good depth about um about like the process of like why it failed in the, you know, everything behind it pretty much. Yeah, so um all right, so each okay. episode is so, about 35 minutes uh, for the 30, Mandalorian. Yeah. Now, weren't okay. you saying um, on one of your previous appearances that Treasure Planet, they uh, they either invented or had to perfect some uh, new animating technique for the for that movie? Yes, um, it was actually used originally for Tarzan. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like a combination between CGI and traditional animation. Um, I don't I don't remember exactly what it was called. Um yeah, I I've it, seen it like I've a, seen videos on it. I'll have I'll have one linked in the description under additional resources. It was it was a combination of the two. Um but it was it was really really good. Um but cer- certain aspects of of like certain characters or like I I believe the ships are kind of like rendered in like that kind of like 3D model kind of thing. But it doesn't look poorly done. It looks like really well done. Yeah. Um, especially for I, I think it came out in two thousand two, from what I remember. Yeah. Um, it, it did come out in two thousand two. I just looked it up. Uh, okay. Let me let me calculate the time here of how long it would take you to watch the entirety of the Mandalorian and then Treasure Planet. Okay. So um, five times eight. Okay, two hundred eighty minutes. So. So it's about four hours to watch The Mandalorian. Yep, four hours to watch The Mandalorian. And then Treasure Planet is is 95 minutes, so an hour and a half. So you can watch the entirety of The, Man- of the Mandalorian and Treasure Planet within six hours. So that's a quote. I think, yeah, that's a quarter of your day. Yeah, which viewers I, get on I, it. Yeah, get on it. I think that's doable even if you're working a job i think that's doable yeah if if you're working you probably got a day off you can get that uh one week free trial watch all of the mandalorian and then uh treasure planet oh wait you will have to watch the mandalorian season two which is coming out a week from today when we're recording right yeah so uh so results may vary (laughs) (laughs) So just tack on another four hours and then that's that's your running time. But there definitely you, you so, can get that done in a couple days tops. Yeah, for sure. Um I think I think that's it. I mean, unless you guys wanted to comment more on the Disney stuff. Uh no, I think that's uh I think that's a good place to close it out. Alrighty. Thank you for listening to Bold of You to Say. If you like today's episode, please like and subscribe. Uh, please turn off uh, Sponsor Block for, for the next minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening on YouTube, you can leave a comment with anything you'd like us to cover next. Um, share with a friend that you think would like the show. If you personally didn't like the show, share it with all of your friends. Chances are one of them will like it. Just, just don't have your friends listen to either... Was it was it either does sex in the matrix counts or gays people belong in Star Wars? The one where Jared talks about the bionicles porn. Yes. Um, <laughs> just listen listen to all of our episodes and whichever one has bionicles in it, uh, that's that's the one we're directing you to. As 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 soon as soon as Jared mentions bionicles, just 
leave the episode and go to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Trust us, you'll be saving yourself. If you want to support the show, you can... um... You can leave us a donation on our website. You absolutely do not have to do that. You will get nothing out of it. Um, If you don't want to spend money, um, you can leave us a review in app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or um, I think Overcast has that feature. Um, Basically, if you can leave us a review, do it. Yeah, other than that, like, comment, subscribe, whatever your platform allows. Download all of our episodes uh, just to help with analytics. That's uh, that, that would help out a lot. <laughs> we got tweet those, got those new five G networks coming up. Come on, tweet out this episode and just say something along the lines of, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that." Listen until the end to find out what I'm talking about, and then they're gonna they're gonna shock get to emoji, this point. They're going to get to this point and it'll be the, 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 the surprised Pikachu meme. That'll be their face. <laughs> All right. Until next time, this has been bold of you to say, and I don't know how to sign off yet. I don't have a catchphrase. I need a catchphrase. I'll just, I'll, I'll steal one. This is Rich of Review Tech USA signing off. Have a good one. <laughs>